Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 13th of September. Hundreds of mourners are this morning queuing at St Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh where they can pay their final respects to the late Queen Elizabeth II. Her Majesty's coffin lays in rest at the ancient cathedral. On top of her coffin, a simple bouquet of the late Queen's favourite flowers, including sweet peas, and the Crown of Scotland, which dates back to the 16th century. Earlier, her four children, now King Charles III, Princess Anne and Princess Andrew and Edward, stood by their late mother's coffin with their heads bowing in sorrow during a solemn silence in Her Majesty's honour. Here's Channel 7 correspondent David Woywood, who is in Edinburgh. Yeah, some incredible pictures coming out of St Giles Cathedral here in uh, Edinburgh this evening. Uh, some really lovely, touching, um, poignant moments there. So we've got the four senior royals standing vigil over their, mother, uh, over their mother's coffin. We are expecting them to uh, swap out with other members of the royal family. A uh, very tough day for many of those senior royals. A very public day as well. They had to make that 1.2-kilometre walk from the Palace of Holyrood House through central Edinburgh towards St Giles Cathedral. That was one, of course, the eyes of the world really were on them today. And thousands of locals lined the Royal Mile to watch the Royal Procession to pay their final respects to the Queen and her historic 70-year reign. I think it's just important to be here, just important to say goodbye. Um, she's been on the stone for a long time. That audio thanks to Channel 10. Earlier, King Charles III visited Westminster Hall for the first time since becoming king and addressed both houses. As I stand before you today, I cannot help but feel the weight of history which surrounds us and which reminds us of the vital parliamentary traditions to which members of both houses dedicate yourselves with such personal commitment for the betterment of us all. Meantime, Prince Harry released a statement overnight for the first time speaking of losing his granny, the Duke of Sussex, thanking the Queen for her unwavering grace and dignity, saying thank you for your commitment to service, thank you for your sound advice and thank you for your infectious smile. And it seems a royal tour to Australia could be happening as early as next year. The palace is actively considering the new Prince and Princess of Wales, William and Kate, and possibly their children could tour Australia early next year before King Charles and the Queen Consort take a trip after the King's coronation. Back home, the Prime Minister is under increasing pressure from business groups for calling a public holiday at short notice and for suspending Parliament for two weeks. Anthony Albanese and the Governor-General fly out on Thursday with the Prime Minister set to meet with King Charles over the weekend ahead of the Queen's funeral on Monday. The Greens are concerned, though, the Federal Government's decision to press pause on Parliament could jeopardise plans for a federal ICAC. The PM is now saying plans to legislate the idea might not happen in 2022, which is concerning Senator David Shoebridge. They made it very clear when they went to the polls that they were supporting legislating the Integrity Commission by the end of this year. And as a Green Senator and holding the balance of power in the, in the Senate, we are going to hold Labor to that commitment. 
And many small businesses across the country are also concerned about the cost and chaos of the public holiday, especially at such short notice. Catering business owner Mark Tongnini telling Channel 9 it will be a huge loss for his business. Most of our catering companies are already cancelling for next Thursday. It'll be about ten dollars to $15,000 worth of work that we'll lose, probably another seven dollars or $8,000 in turnover that we won't do for the day. And in other news this Tuesday morning, there's been bombshell new evidence at the inquest into the suspected death of alleged fraudster Melissa Caddick. The 49-year-old disappeared in November 2020, the mysterious case taking another bizarre twist after what's believed to be her foot washed up on a beach in New South Wales last February. Our reporter Kim Bradish has the latest from the inquiry in Sydney. Yes, that's right, Tash. The inquest has heard Melissa Caddick's husband impersonated his wife in the hours leading up to her disappearance in an attempt to not worry family and friends. Anthony Coletti replied to text messages pretending to be his partner, which repeatedly led friends to believe she was alive and well. The inquiry into Miss Caddick's disappearance and suspected death comes after her decomposing foot was found washed up on a southern New South Wales beach last year. An autopsy has been unable to determine how the alleged fraudster's foot became detached from her leg. That's after Miss Caddick posed as a financial advisor and is accused of misappropriating $23 million before disappearing from her Sydney home in 2020. The inquest will go for two weeks. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, good morning. Some may say another day, another casino has been found unfit to hold a licence. Oh, it's harsh. Good morning. Yeah, this is one of those situations where you kind of think all the bad news has already been heard. How many more inquiries, how many more casinos can we have and still get bad news? It turns out at least today the answer is one more. This time it's Star Casino in Sydney and the New South Wales Liquor and Gaming Regulator. And yet again, the company has been found unfit to hold a casino licence. Now, if you or I lose our licence for driving, that's it. We have to serve our probation and then kind of come back at some other point. If you're a casino, you get to keep operating, it turns out. They say, look, you're not really fit to hold a licence, but you've got 12 or 18 months just to prove to us that you really are a decent company. You can do the right thing. So good news probably for staff shareholders. The casino gets to continue operating, but this is literally the very last warning these guys are going to get. The regulator will be back probably in 12 or 18 months. If they've cleaned up their act, then they're good to go. If not that would be the time when finally a company might actually lose a casino licence in Australia. Now, a large Australian investor in other news this morning, Scott, has suggested that super could take a 40% hit if we don't take effective action on climate change. That's a huge hit. It is, and this is kind of important, right? So uh, David Neal, who's the head of a business called IFM Investors, is actually a former chief executive of the Future Fund. Now, he's basically saying, look, there's, you know, if you're if you're you know, a fund manager, you, you pick stocks, right? You try and find the ones that are going to win, the ones that are going to lose. His argument is, look, you can't pick your way out of climate change. It will be an environmental issue. We all know that, of course, but massively an economic issue as well. The value of companies, not just the worst of the worst, not just the polluters, but the entire economy potentially is not at risk of collapsing, but of having meaning, of being meaningfully worth less in that sort of scenario. And he's really bringing it home and saying, hey, we could talk about that as someone else's problem, or we can look at our own super and say, wouldn't it be a problem if we had 40% less at retirement? He believes that is the size of the potential risk if we don't finally grapple with both the economic and environmental impacts of climate change. Adding some very good news. We love good news, Scott. New data shows that petrol is now at an eight-month low, finally. 
Oh, man, that's, good news has been hard to come by some days, Tash. Look, particularly in the, in the economy over the last few months, uh, GDP was good, but, of course, it was the day after the RBA raised rates. So, you know, we have to take some good with the bad. This time, as you say, unvarnished good news, literally. A 30% fall in the oil price from its highs, and now, as you say, the unleaded petrol price, the average last week, 164.4 cents. That's the lowest in eight months. So we feel it at the pump when it goes up. We kind of notice it more. When things start to edge down, we don't always notice it quite so much. But important to remember, particularly with consumer confidence and other things, when prices do go down, when things do get a little bit better, it is good for the bottom line. It is good for the budget. Hopefully, too, by the way, also good for inflation because if petrol keeps falling, it will take a little bit of pressure off the RBA to continue to raise rates quite so quickly. Scott, thanks so much. Good morning, Josh. Thank you. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. One of Leighton Hewitt's long-standing records has been broken. There is a new superstar in town. Yes, good morning, Tash. That's right. His name is Carlos Alcarez. He won the US Open, the first Grand Slam of his career, and I think uh, not the only one that we will see. The 19-year-old win, he became the world number one, the youngest ever, going past our Leighton Hewitt, who had that purple patch when he won the US Open and Wimbledon uh, in a short amount of time. And then, of course, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic came through to dominate tennis since then. So Hewitt's record has been broken, and good to see that we've got the next generation coming through. There was no Novak at this tournament or Roger Federer. Rafael Nadal knocked out in the fourth round. He beat Casper Ruud, who also made it to the final of the French Open this year. And just some great tennis. Four sets, uh, some amazing athleticism. And he'd come through uh, five-set matches in the fourth round, quarterfinals and semis. The first in Stefan Edberg back in 92 to come through such a punishing schedule. So as a 19-year-old to get through two weeks of a gripping tennis like that, it's a sign of things to come from the 19-year-old Spaniard. It is incredible. And also in the news today, Brett, the Lions are being urged to consider overlooking star forward Joe Danaher in Friday night's prelim final against the Cats. Yeah, this would be a big call considering he is one of their marquee recruits. They brought him across from the Bombers on uh, decent money. He's a, a key forward. He attracts a quality defender as well. Now, he was a late withdrawal from their finals win over the Demons to be at the birth of his first child. In his absence, Eric Hipwood starred with four goals. And so Nick Grewalt, the former Saints skipper, has told Fox Footy they might function better without Danaher. Which poses the question, what, what do they do this week? Is there a world in which Joe Danaher doesn't come back into that lineup? And you go with the two tools. I understand they had to have the three going up against the Gorn and Jackson combination. Now, the Lions are at the tribunal tonight, hoping to overturn Jared Berry's one-game ban. He was cited for an alleged eye gouge on D-star uh, Clayton Oliver. And we'll see how he goes tonight. I think his uh, argument will be that he was trying to push Clayton Oliver off him rather than deliberately making contact with his face. And we mentioned this yesterday, Brett, that incredibly brutal game over the weekend between the Rabbitohs and Roosters and the fallout continues. Certainly does. And a great of the game, Wendell Saylor has criticised the referee, Ashley Klein, after he handed out that record seven sin bins in the Rabbitohs elimination final win over the Roosters. The league legend says Klein didn't have control over the players, making for a chaotic affair. No, I just think the occasion got to him. He just didn't set that standard early in the match. And mm. they just kept going out, it kept going, kept niggle. We knew that was going to happen. Pretty ordinary effort from the referees. And the NRL has now put players on notice about milking penalties, admitting Tarsh it is concerning. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Brett. Thank you, Tash. 
and Sarah Snook, Tony Collette and Murray Bartlett are leading the Aussie charge at this year's Emmys. Sarah is up for Best Supporting Actress for her role in the hit series Succession, while Tony Collette has been nominated as Lead Actress in The Staircase and Murray Bartlett has been nominated for Best Supporting Actor in The White Lotus. Go the Aussies and the Emmys kick off today. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.